The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. How about now? For some reason, my microphone said it was unmuted, but uh, Skype was not unmuting me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start everything I just said all over again. We got the time. So I want to thank everybody, and I apologize. I have no way to know if I actually was audible the whole time previously because the light on my microphone never went off. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize, but I just want to make sure this stuff gets said. So it is now 8.35. I started at 8.30. Easter Sunday, the third night of Passover, the 17th day of Ramadan. And our listeners may find it interesting to note that the last time Fear aired, it was on Krampusnacht 2021, the last day of Hanukkah, and the second Sunday of Advent, which was Sunday, December 5th, 2021. Thank you for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Joan can hear me now, so I apologize for earlier. Um, I really hope I'm not repeating myself and that you guys can get all the info just once. All righty. And speaking of that, I'm going to say thank you and welcome to Joan. Okay, tonight's show, as all of our shows, contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from anything in current AMC official promo material. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week. Uh, Usually, we start at 8.30 and my mic is live, but once in a while, we have technical difficulties because I'm not working with professional equipment. I've had a long week. I'm in my basement, blah, 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 100 excuses. I'm a rank amateur. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. Um, All right. We have recap from the previous episode, discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being what in the Kentucky Fried Hill is this hot mess, and please get it away from me, and 10 is this is perfect, I have died, I'm going to heaven, yay. Uh, As well as we will give our listeners commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Um, Okay, I'm just double-checking to make sure everything is going smooth in the chat room now. Our show is spoiler and comic-free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes, then was on a break until tonight, the mid-season opener 2022. There are seven more episodes after tonight that will complete season seven in the coming weeks. There is already a season eight planned at this time, which is said to be released in fall of 2022, 
although we don't know if it will be before, concurrent with, or after Walking Dead Classic. And uh, this is not actually in my script notes, but I had opined that if I had a preference, I would like them to go ahead and, and put fear the last uh, episode, uh, the, um, excuse me, the first episodes of season eight, pardon me. I would like to have them air in the fall over top of the last eight of Walking Dead classic ending. And the reason is because I am so sick and tired of AMC inserting a new show that has nothing to do with Walking Dead in between Walking Dead and Talking Dead. That is very naughty. I don't care for it. It will not make me watch your new show that you shove in there. There's been a few exceptions I will watch later, but I'm damn well not going to do it now. I'm going to walk off in a huff, have a snack, and then fire up my smart home screen up on my bed and maybe try to catch it uh, on AMC Plus if I can figure it out before the show ends. But it's not going to work how you guys want. It's a stupid idea. Please stop it. Um, all right. I have some updates on spinoff projects. I've been telling you guys this while Walking Dead Classic was airing. I've shortened the descriptions a little bit because you guys have heard this several times. But I do just want to keep you updated, and I know that not every person who follows us follows every week. So sometimes you guys might miss things. Uh, but here's some updates for you. Same ones I've been giving him, um, just a little more brief. Uh, number one, the final season of the Walking Dead Classic, season 11, has eight episodes left, picking back up this fall of 2022, probably October. Number two, Fear the Walking Dead, season 7, episode 9, mid-season premiere is now. And Talking Dead, season 11, episode 20 of Talking Dead, I finally found out where the seasons go, <laughs> is following, but not until 11, 11 p.m. That's a little knock on wood. That's a fun little number. Um, after an episode of 61st Street, season 1, episode 2. Maybe it's a good show. This really isn't about that. Um, I just want to watch my Walking Dead stuff together and then go to bed. And you guys make it drag out. And I don't appreciate the reason. And I don't appreciate the inconvenience. Especially on a night before work. I would like to go to bed an hour earlier than I do. All right, November 1st, 2021 they confirmed that production for this season will relocate from where it had been in Austin, Texas, to Savannah, Georgia. And I don't know if it was to make it closer with some of the other Walking Dead stuff, which is somewhat wrapping up and changing around as stuff starts to close up. Uh, all right, number three, told you this a bazillion times, you probably already know, but for those who may be behind, Walking Dead World Beyond has ended. And we'll probably have some plot devices that string along into the movies or other forms of Rick's return. Not really sure how it's going to work. In 2023, the fourth series, excuse my hiccups, the fourth series is coming, a still thus far unnamed spinoff fronted by Carol and Daryl. There has increased speculation that it is, it has not been named yet or promoted much because it's a ruse covering a major death or other plot twist uh, to do with either Carol or Daryl sometime soon. You know, I have no evidence for this, but their behavior has been very odd because three other projects who came after the Carol and Daryl show got names and have promotions and photos and other stuff. Maggie and Negan, I'm totally looking at you guys. 
All right, summer 2022, in a few weeks, will be a fifth show, the sixth episode of Anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. On April 1st, 2022, Lauren Glazier was confirmed to star alongside Samantha Morton in season one's finale, which means of the six episodes for this first season, the final one, number six, will feature Alpha. Uh, Dead in the Water, Fear Webisodes Mini Prologue, the digital exclusive webisode series, tells the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear. Fear the Walking Dead, Dead in the Water, was exclusively aired last weekend on AMC+, Plus. Uh, that would be April 10th, but they're still up. It contained six episodes. Everything is like these little six-episode mini thingies. Okay, and all six episodes are now available on AMC Plus On Demand. I don't believe they are on regular AMC. I think you have to have a subscription. Um, if I find out otherwise, I'll let you know. And then last project that is still viable and alive, Maggie and Negan in New York, I Love the Dead. Still don't like the title. Um, this is also going to be a probably six episode. It's going to be a mini thing. It's not going to be this long, drawn-out thing. I don't even... I'm beginning to wonder if the Carol and Daryl show is going to be likewise. Not really sure. They have the six-episode thing they're doing a lot. Um, Joan has a comment. Amen to that. They're doing it again tonight. Talking Dead is on at 11-11. Personally, Joan's going to go watch Bar Rescue between 10 and 11. So 61st Street, you may be a good show, and I'm not trying to take that away from you. I just think it is silly to sandwich you in between because the only reason someone would do that is to make you watch it because you got to stay anyway. But no, we don't. We can do other things, and we're going to. So please stop this. All righty. Call in to speak with the hosts at 914-338-0314 anytime tonight. It's 8.43 p.m., so we have about a good 15 minutes where you can call in and pretty much have free reign. So we encourage you guys to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. That way you're still welcome to call in during the live show, but if you call after 9, you would be screened and muted up until the next commercial break, and then we can talk on the air. If the phones are not your thing, join us in our live chat room. We will be able to listen to the show real time as well as download the episode after the fact. And we usually post the links for that on our Facebook page and my social media. And I send a few personal copies out to friends that I know follow the show. Um, if you need me to do that, please feel free to let me know, either through the page or my personal social media. Um, by the way, at this time, my Twitter is currently um, temp suspended, and we don't know why. So I won't be posting it there for a bit. But they haven't killed the account, so I don't know what we're waiting for here. But I won't post it there is all I really try to tell you. Okay, if you're unable to join us in real time this evening or for any show, you can go to the episode link later on after it's over and download the broadcast as an MP3 for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's Fear episode is entitled, Follow Me. The official AMC synopsis is, Alicia takes refuge in the home of a mysterious stranger. With her fevers growing worse, and Arno pursuing her at every turn, Alicia is forced to confront the failings of her past and how she will face her future. And as we often do, 
I have additional synopses for you guys. Both of these are from UndeadWalking.com, thankfully, because that is one of my preferred sources to go get extra things for you guys. And for a while there, they were only either just doing a big thing with pictures or reviewing too much, you know, because they have, you can see it ahead of time for a week now. And so they were saying things I didn't want to reveal to you guys. But these are fairly well behaved. So Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 9, Release Date and Synopsis. Um, This was written a month ago, but I just want to go over. There's a few things I comment on that are not in the original synopsis. So we are closing in on one month when this was written until the uh, Fear Season 7 mid-season premiere airs on AMC. When we last left the series... Alicia had declared war on Strand. Things are about to get very interesting and exciting in the series. Uh, We shall see. I don't know whether Renee has good judgment about these things yet. We'll see. Uh, The mid-season finale revealed that Alicia had lost her arm after being bit by a walker. She chopped off her arm to stop the spread of the infection, but she felt she was too late, and the infection is still in her body. She has been fighting something because she continues to be feverish. The back half of season seven will also see the return of fan favorite Madison Clark. This has been all over the news. It's not a spoiler now. This has genuinely excited the fandom as many fans were certain she didn't die back in season four. I was one of them. I have always said she pulled a Jason Voorhees. And, you know, you could see things that looked like she was going to die, but she didn't actually see it happen. And I always felt that was a reason for that. Um, Anyhow... The episode is, uh, writers and directors we'll get to in a bit. You guys know I always do that, so I'm not going to tell you now. I'll tell you in a a few minutes. Um, Here's why I pulled this out. One question viewers had is is answered in the synopsis. Arno will still be a threat. It was uncertain if he would be one of those characters who never gets mentioned again, but obviously not. This will add to Alicia's concerns as she is up against Strand and Arno's groups and still fights the infection she fears will turn her into one of the undead. Who will this mysterious stranger be? That's part of the plot tonight. Will this person lead Alicia to her reunion with her mother? That would be very interesting to see. All right, I am going to pull up the other synopsis, which is also from undeadwalking.com. I'm going to get that set up, and then I'm going to double-check the chat room, see if Joan has anything to add. Uh, Boop. Just saying hi. Okay, so she's good. Let's go on to the other synopses, which is similar. Uh, This was also by Renee Hansen, but only a day ago. Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 9, Sneak Peek, and New Character. All right, I'm skipping a little bit of this because she, like Ray Fluke, likes to rewrite half her article. Okay, the ninth episode of this season is titled Follow Me and finds Alicia meeting someone new and taking refuge at their house. Um, During the finale, uh, mid-season finale, excuse me, Alicia declared war on Victor Strand and has been battling fevers she believes are from the walker bite she sustained that caused her to lose her arm. I am going to predict now that the fevers either mean one of two things. Either there's some kind of immune plot thing that we can dive into that she's resistant to the walker germs, cooties, whatever, 
or the fever has nothing to do with her bite and is something else. And we'll see how that plot goes. Alrighty. It is obvious that Morgan is on Alicia's side as there's no love between Morgan and Strand. But what about the other survivors? They will be forced to choose sides as the back half of the season begins. Um, sneak peek trailer, which I obviously can't show you. The synopsis for this episode warned that Arna would still be searching for Alicia. It has never been made clear exactly why he's pursuing her. He was part of Teddy's group that was secured in the bunker with Alicia, and at some point, he and some other rogues created their own vigilante set. The stalkers haven't had a huge part in the season, but have been seen removing the clothing from the walkers, attacking Strand's tower, and some other things. It was revealed that they removed the clothing to keep Alicia from finding the reanimated Senator Elias Vasquez, who she believed could take her to Padre. That's the walker she was fighting over with Strand a couple episodes ago. Um, Does Arno know something about Padre that he's trying to keep from Alicia? This new guy, uh, now this is not a spoiler in the sense that it was let out by sanctioned sources. So the new guy, Paul, seems to be keeping Alicia a secret, at least for now. This Sunday, viewers should see how she meets up with him and what happens in the next scene. Okay, so there is that for synopses. Let me check in with Joan. It's 8.51. Joan says, I vote for the fever has nothing to do with her bite. But knowing these showrunners, I wouldn't put it past them to try for some sort of, hey, she's immune storyline. I actually don't have a problem with that because the way human immunocompromised things happen... Okay, let's take COVID, for example, and I'm not saying this to be political. I mean, this is all about the science. Um, there have been studies publicly announced where they are trying to determine if those who have not yet gotten it at all do have some kind of natural immunity or not. Um, some of them have not been vaccinated and some of them have, but... We're not really sure. They're just trying to find out, is there a segment of the population that has an immunity to COVID? So I don't actually think it's unreasonable to sniff around that. Um, I feel like they've thrown out three or four plot lines, um, Eugene being the biggest one that I have griped for years was wasted, thrown away. Uh, The CDC thing in season one at the end little nibbles of plot where they were going to try to figure out what was causing this. And I'm very big on these things. I, I have a lot of love for the founders of this genre, you know, the Romero movies mostly. Um, and you know, night, which was, you know, George Romero, and John Russo. I have love for them, but one of my beefs with that genre is that I don't personally care for it when they don't explain it even if it's at the end and even if it's not complete because it is fiction and how much can you explain? But I like it when some authors and movie people do get into the details. I prefer that. Alrighty. It's 8:53 PM. Let's go back to my notes and see how far that we can get. All right. Tonight's episode written by showrunners, Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg. So we'll see. <laughs> Poor Joan. I know she is such a trooper for putting up with these guys because they've really kind of been bozos about this a lot. Um, Tonight's episode was directed by Heather Capiello, and that name will sound familiar. We'll get to her bio in a bit. But first, let's do Andrew and Ian. I don't know that we'll get them both, but we'll see. Um, Andrew Chambliss has been the co-showrunner for Fierce since season four opened. 
He has been profiled multiple times before, so I've trimmed it down. He was married October 2013, baby son in 2017. Uh, Chambliss has been heavily involved as a producer for Once Upon a Time for several seasons. Story editor for Vampire Diaries, Spartacus on Stars, Dollhouse, and Bionic Woman, the reboot in 2007. He's previously written or co-written 17 episodes of Fear, starting with Season 4, Episode 1, What's Your Story? He wrote five episodes in Season 4, five in Season 5, four in Season 6, and three previous to tonight in Season 7, the last previous being Season 7, Episode 8, Project. Tonight is his 18th, or his fourth in Season 7. Fifteen of the 18 that he's written are with Ian Goldberg. The other three were Season 4, Episode 1, which is Story, co-written with Goldberg and Scott Gemple. Season 4, Episode 11, The Code, co-written with Alex Delisle. And Season 6, Episode 12, In Dreams, co-written with both Goldberg and Nazreen Chowdhury. And by the way, Nazreen is the writer for next week's episode. We'll get to that in a, in a while. All right, 8.55, so let's do Ian's bio, see how far we go. Ian Goldberg has been co-executive producer with Andrew and showrunner since the start of season four of Fear. He's also been profiled multiple times before, studied at Emerson College, graduated in 2004, went to Phillips Academy, class of 2000. I guess that was high school. Lived in Los Angeles, California. He's from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Married to Lisa Pemberton Goldberg since September 2015. Goldberg also worked on Once Upon a Time as a writer and producer, as well as other TV shows. He has also previously written or co-written, it says 16 episodes of Fear, but I think that is me not updating. So I'm going to change that so I don't forget. I'm starting with season four as well. And the last previous being Season 7, Episode 2, Six Hours. They did not co-write everything. Um, in fact, here's how it breaks down. He wrote five in Season 4, five in Season 5, four in Season 6, and three previous tonight, two tonight in Season 7. The last previous for him being Padre, when they wrote together. Tonight is his 18th also, but they are not the exact same 16 episodes, though. Chambliss did not work on Blackjack, and Goldberg did not work on The Code. 15 of the 18, he co-wrote with Chambliss. The other three were What's Your Story, uh, Blackjack, which was co-written with Richard Nang, and In Dreams, which was co-written with Chambliss and Nazarene Chaudhry. All righty, 8.56. Let's try to do Heather's bio. Let's see if Joan has comments. Uh, Joan does have a comment. <laughs> I just don't have faith that these showrunners would do it justice. They've been too ham-fisted too many times. You know, I... She's not wrong, guys. And I say these things knowing full well that you guys probably don't listen to anything unless you check it to see if I'm uh, molesting or copyright or something. But otherwise, I don't think you care what I have to say about the show. <laughs> I realize that. But I want to say it anyway and commiserate with any of our listeners that are fussing as well. All right. Let's do Heather's bio to see if we can get through it. Heather Capiello is an award-winning director of film, television, and theater. She has directed episodes of Madam Secretary, Criminal Minds, Blue Bloods. Uh, she was a 2016 Voice Award winner for that. And the horror se- series Freakish, streaming on Hulu. Additionally, she directed the pli- pilot presentation for the one-hour drama Corporate, produced by The Collective. 
Heather wrote and directed the short film Ruby's Tuesday that screened at more than 25 film festivals, including the short film Corner at Cannes. Notably, Heather was one of two directors chosen for the CBS Directing Initiative during the 2015 cycle and is a current protege in the inaugural DGA Craft and Mentorship Program. I imagine this was a while ago and she's finished now, but she did get that award. Heather helmed theatrical premieres in London, San Francisco, and Berkeley, including 10 years with the acclaimed Shotgun Players and the Bay Area's Jawbone Theater Ensemble, which she co-founded. Heather was a script supervisor of more than 15 original single-camera dramas and comedies, including HBO's award-winning series Six Feet Under, which is one of my favorites, Carnival and Enlightened, and TNT's critically acclaimed drama Saving Grace, starring Academy Award winner Holly Hunter. Heather's debut directing episode of Saving Grace was chosen as the submission piece for both Ms. Hunter's SAG and Golden Globe Award nominations. Uh, Heather is an active member of the Directors Guild of America, DGA, and serves as the appointed co-coordinator of the Activities and Events Standing Committee for the Women's Steering Committee. Heather has a writer's credit for a film short in 2005. I am going to pause right here in her bio because it is 8.59. I want to make sure that we can start this out on time, and I will read you the rest of the first commercial break. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Joan, for all your help. So, yay. And with that, let's all go dark and see what's going on and pray that Ian and Andrew don't mess up too much. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, earn me not saying that anymore. All right. Talk to you guys in the first break. Thanks. Okay, guys. It is 9.06. So we're at the first commercial break. Um I'm going to give this a 4.5. I can't even really barely muster a 5. And it's not because I decided ahead of time I was going to rag on it. Um, but Joan and I are both having the same thing. Uh, this whole thing with Alicia just now and the new guy really kind of smells of Clockwork Orange using a bit of the old Ludwig van. And I'm not really sure what's up with that. But Apparently, the new guy, this is also not a spoiler, pardon the hiccups, official promo notes. Um, the actor and the character are both deaf, and that's, it, he may not be fully deaf, and that might be what's with the music. Maybe he can hear some of it or the vibrations, you know, there's levels and, and so on. So we'll find out what all that means very shortly. But, Okay. Uh, I'm starting with 4.5. Joan is starting with 3. I cannot say I blame her. And she says, actually, I won't insult Clockwork Orange with any more comparisons, starting with the 3. And we're all kind of not really feeling all that yet. All right. There is a trailer for something, so I don't know how much further we'll get. Let me see if I can finish off Heather's bio. I may not. Okay, she's got... um, a writer's credit for a film short in 2005. She has 31 script and continuity credits going back to 98, including for Six Feet Under, the Gin Game movie in 2003, Monk, Parenthood, Criminal Mind, Suspect Behavior, up to Recovery Road in 2016. And there's another trailer, and I think it's for 61st Street. She has seven director's credits back to 2005, including Saving Grace, 
Criminal Minds and Blue Bloods to 2019. Directing tonight's episode is Heather's sixth time working in the Walking Dead franchise. And we are back. I'll tell you what else she's directed at commercial break number two. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, we are at commercial break number two. It's 9.20 p.m. I started out with a 4.5. Jones coming up to 4.5. I'm willing to go to 5. I kind of like Paul, but I'm not sure what I think about him yet. So Joan has a few comments um, after the Clockwork Orange thing. She says she was kind of put off by that guy freaking out over his music player, record player. When he didn't even hear the walker until Alicia knocked it over. Had she not done something, he wouldn't have had to worry about the music ever again. And, <clears throat> okay, so he's deaf but still alive. Sorry, but Connie and Kelly do it better on the original series. You know, I don't know about that yet. I think it's a little hasty. Um, you know, he is alive this long, so I'll kind of want to see how much of it is Ian and Andrew and how much of it is actually smartness. Um I happen to know, and I hadn't gotten to those notes yet, but it has been posted that the character and the actor are both deaf um, and both have a cochlear implant. We'll get to that during the trivia section. I also mentioned I wonder if none of what Alicia remembered in the last few days was real or Paul is a dream. I don't know. Um, And then I made a face about Haggis. I actually have had it once or twice. I didn't think too much of it, but you know, I'm Scottish by heritage, but I wasn't raised Scottish, so I don't know. Jones says haggis. Okay, I'd have to be serious, startle, seriously starving, and even then, eh. um, she doesn't remember the Arno storyline very well. Part of Teddy's group that was in the shelter that got nuked, and they split up when the shelter got compromised. And I guess some of the people that were there think it's her fault, but remember, Teddy told them that she was going to go save everybody and he was going to make her be the savior when he was gone or something and I guess maybe she failed what Teddy said she would do I really don't know much beyond that and I don't know why they're stripping the walkers unless they're saving the clothing for weird scavenger reasons um so I I have five Joan has 4.5 trying to keep an eye on the commercials uh, she agrees on retracting the earlier comment. This guy may still be alive because he's smart. Also, you mentioned he wasn't completely deaf until just recently, so that may be a factor. And probably what happened, if you give the timeline, that when all this started, he, his cochlear implant was still working, and maybe I don't actually know how they're powered, and I assume it's a special battery, and maybe he doesn't have any more to replace it, so it's not helping him now. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, Let me go back to my notes real quick and finish up Heather's bio. Directing tonight's episode is the sixth time she's worked in the Walking Dead franchise anywhere. She has previously directed Fear, Season 6, Episode 10, Handle with Care, uh, Episode 15, USS Pennsylvania, World Beyond, Season 2, Episode 5, Cotervoix, World Beyond, Season 2, Episode 6, Who Are You?, and Fear, Season 7, Episode 7, the last uh, couple episodes ago, The Portrait. She directed those. Oh, good. We're in a commercial. Let's keep going. Trivia about tonight's episode, Season 7, Episode 9, Follow Me. Tonight is the 94th episode of Fear Ever. 
Co-stars are Jacob Kyle Young as Sage, who is a stalker, and Aniston Almond as a young girl who's seven or eight years old. Um, also starring, no one was listed, uncredited Jared Gibson as Elias Vasquez. Are we back? No, but probably are soon. The iPhone and AT&T commercial. Okay, still going. Let's see. Um, first appearance of Paul. Paul is the first named death character in Fear and third overall death character with the, being a deaf survivor featured on one of Althea's tapes in I Lose Myself, followed by Connie in The Walking Dead. I, I They should have mentioned Connie's sister. They're both getting... Uh, her sister, well, the actress in real life, Angel Theory, is, is losing her hearing, too. So they kind of wrote that into the script. So they're technically four. I would contend there's an oversight here. Warren Snipes, not Wesley Snipes, <laughs> the actor who portrays Paul, is deaf in real life, similar to Connie's actress, Lauren Ridloff. Paul is the first character to wear a cochlear implant in the Walking Dead universe. Um, we are back. I'll give you the last couple nibbles at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 9.30. We're at break number three. I am going up to 5.25, but only really because I kind of like Paul. I'm super annoyed with this last section. I think it's kind of dumb. Uh, Joan does not care to go any higher, even though she does like Paul. And, you know, this is fine. These happen. Um, Ian is on on Talking Dead tonight. I hadn't gotten to that part yet. I thought that she might have dropped her glove on purpose on the way out so that Paul would find her um, somehow. Anyhow... Uh, 931, let's see if we can keep going. Uh, last appearance tonight of Elias Vasquez, zombified in a dream. That was the junior senator that was leading the others to Padre. This episode marks Lenny James's 50th appearance on Fear the Walking Dead. That was, well, it wouldn't be last week, excuse me, last episode, because it was several weeks ago. Was the 93rd episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars were Dennis Kiefer, or Kiefer, as lead ranger and Alex Kingy as an acolyte. Uncredited were Jared Gibson as Elias Vasquez, unknown as a man and John Glover's Theodore Maddox, Teddy and archived footage. First appearance of Elias, last appearance of Teddy in a flashback, last appearance of Will in a flashback and last appearance of the Franklin hotel, which was that giant complex. That's clearly patterned after the thing that's in South West Virginia. Um, Greenbrier, whatever it's called. The title of the episode, Padre, is an acronym that refers to a location that various characters have been searching for throughout the season. Um, It's also a word in Spanish, which means father, and these things are probably not accidental. The season finale of season two of The Walking Dead World Beyond is playing directly after that last episode. Um, That was the final episode. Both both episodes feature a main character having an arm amputated after being bitten. Interesting. The flashbacks begin with the end of Mother. Upon seeing a walker tied to a tree in the bunker, Alicia tells the acolyte he better not ask her what she sees in a reference to Riley's question to Morgan's group in the holding. It's revealed that the stalkers have been ripped 
stripping the dead of their clothes in order to keep Alicia from finding the zombified Elias Vasquez. That seems kind of way too much to try to make that happen. I don't know. Joan, what do you think about that? That seems like a real long, extreme way of solving that problem. Uh, Let's see. Okay. This is still a commercial. I had to check for a minute. It looks a little Mad Maxi. So, um, Alicia and Morgan used the Walker Guts trick, previously seen in Till Death, well, and seen by Glenn ages ago. Later in a flashback, so does Alicia and Will. While watching Alicia Gutta Walker, Morgan mentioned seeing people get sick from using the trick, and I'm sure he's referring to Father Gabriel. Po- possible reference to Gabriel Stokes who got deathly ill after using the trick in the big scary you and lost an eye, or at least a sight in it. Alicia also warns Will about the possibility of getting sick from the walker guts if they get in your eyes or mouth. And honestly, the way they slathered them on each other, I don't know how it doesn't get in the eyes. I guess they've just gotten heavier below the neck now. Not really sure how they're avoiding the sickness. Now, Glenn didn't really differentiate, and he never got sick. This is, I think it's a out-of-character continuity problem, honestly. Uh, This is the first time Morgan is seen using the Walker Guts trick in either The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead. He's been around it, but he's never used it. It's also the first time that Alicia is shown using the trick. Uniquely, Alicia guts Vasquez while he's still reanimated, while previous uses of the Walker Guts trick have all occurred after the Walker in question was put down. On our Anne Rice's interview with the vampire, fall 2022. I don't know what that is. You have my attention. Maybe they're doing a TV version of it or something. Uh, In a flashback, Arnold returns Alicia's sharpened barrel shroud that was last seen in the holding to her. However, its current location is unknown as it isn't seen in the present. Instead, Alicia has blades attached to her new prosthetic arm. And now we're back. I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 9.42. I am staying at 5.25 for right now. Joan's at 5. Um, so we never did really find out if Alicia dropped her glove on purpose or what all happened with that. Um, jo- I had mentioned to Joan, they can find another stereo in a suburban city store somewhere. And I don't know why he's making this much of a big deal about it unless it's just, you know, it's an older stereo and maybe you can't get that kind that's compatible with what he's got left. I don't know. Pardon my hiccups. Okay, let's go back to my notes. I have a lot of trivia and other things to tell you guys yet. So last week we were in the middle of trivia for that. Um, Walker gut stuff, flashback. Strand mentioned visiting the bunker in the beacon and finding Alicia's note. It's revealed that Vasquez bit Alicia in the arm shortly after the bombs went off, and she has replaced her arm with a prosthetic made out of her own arm bones. Uh, I find all that so weird. The promise that Will broke to Alicia that he mentioned to Strand in the beacon is revealed to have been to kill Alicia if her bite caused her to appear to be turning in order to protect everyone else. When she got sick from the bite and was unconscious for a week, Will didn't kill her as he had promised. Alicia reveals that she apparently didn't amputate her arm in time, 
Well, she doesn't think she does. She did. And that she's still suffering from the walker bite. Despite the time that has passed since the bite, Alicia believes it's only a matter of time before she turns now. I'm not sure I agree with her. I think it's a plot device. And to be honest, in that kind of situation, she's not a doctor, and why would she know for certain? Um, These are my comments, not in the trivia. After discovering and putting down the zombified Will, Alicia declares war on Strand for Will's murder. Because remember, Strand threw him off the top of the building. And he actually was, as several people he's done this to lately, was a very capricious reason. In Talking Dead for this episode and The Last Light, Kim Dickens reveals that Madison Clark is still alive and that she will be returning to the series. And let's keep going. Death, last time, the acolyte, Will, and two unnamed patrolmen of Alicia's group that were zombified. Um, No errors or mistakes listed. Cast birthdays this week, Brandon Fobbs, who played Terry, one of Michonne's pets. Uh, April 19th is his birthday, and he's a Washington, D.C. boy. So let's Um, Joan has mentioned if all Paul needs is a loud stereo, she agrees he should just be able to find one. It's not like people are going to be hoarding them after the world fell. You know, hardly anybody has access to electricity except in a few compounds. Um, Okay, featured music. There was nothing identified from Padre. Going to try to keep going as I can. Unaccounted for characters. I'm going to go over again because I haven't in quite a long while. And I realize that some of these are probably not going to get resolved. But here's my beef. What has become of Taka and Lee? Um, Kelly Taka Walker and Lee, who's crazy dog. Proctor John, Diana, and possibly Tracy Otto, because not letting go of Emma Caulfield. And we still don't know how the miniseries Passage ever connected to season three or four, or anything at all. And if it did not, that was lame, because that was a really good system, and they just threw it out. Okay. Uh, truck commercial, Dodge Ram, just trying to see if it's uh, going back to the TV show or if we're going to another commercial. That's commercial for quite a while. Are we going back? Yes, we are. I will get back to this at the next break. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.56. I want to try to hurry up. I do have some other notes to give you guys. Talking Dead tonight, as Joan mentioned, uh, Ian Goldberg, uh, who's one of the co-showrunners um, and executive producer, band leader of the Late Late Show, friend and Walking Dead fan Reggie Watts, and new cast member Warren Wawa Snipe. And interesting, they're calling him a new cast member. I'm really hoping that something happened where he gets to be one, but that last scene didn't seem like it. All right, no time for discussion. Here's how the back half of Fear goes. Episode 95-10, Morning Cloak, M-O-U-R-I-N-G. Writers are Najreen Chaudhry and Kalaya Michelle Stallworth. I don't know those writers. Well, I know Najreen. Directed by Lenny James. That'll be next weekend. Then 96-11 is Ophelia, May 1st. 97-12 is Sunny Boy, May 8th. 98-13 is The Raft, May 15th. 99-14 is Divine Providence on the 22nd. 100-15 is Amina, A-M-I-N-A, May 29th, and the season finale is 101-16, title TBA, that'll be June 5th. Um, Talking Dead is on, and Chris is basically saying what I just told you. 
and then I guess we'll go back in a minute. Um, other shows upcoming on NDB Media. Let me see if I can squeeze any of this in. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Dean Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Fandom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Join the ingenious interviewers, Jamie Curran and AJ, as they digest another night of television. The Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show will not be until the 27th. Um, and please join me and Atlanta psychologist, Dr. Stephen Mathis, Ty D, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Travel Edge Radio, that'll be the 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday. 26 miles from mainland California, the sun-splashed Catalina Island has long issued a siren call to celebrities and tourists seeking seclusion. When owned by the Wrigley family, Catalina hosted spring training for the Chicago Cubs. A Golden Voice broadcaster named uh, others with roots in Catalina were Western author Zane Gray and movie star Marilyn Monroe. Hear more on Thursday. Uh, oh, it says April 21st. Maybe I got the dates wrong. I apologize. I may be ahead of myself. When Travelage Radio presents Jim Lutchohan, L-U-T-T-J-O-H-A-N-N, President and CEO of Love Catalina, and Gail Fornassier, Deputy Director of External Affairs for the Catalina Museum for Art and History. All right, we're at a Capital One commercial. That's still going. Um, I think that okay. I did get through my notes that I wanted to make sure you guys heard. Jonah's staying at five. I'm gonna go to five point five, even though I'm really salty because I wanted Paul to become a regular. Um. I guess, you know, for Alicia getting some good advice, I really like Paul. He kind of reminds me of my best friend, to be honest. Like, my best friend sounds and talks quite a bit like him. So I think it's kind of funny. I know he hasn't been watching my show in a while or listening to it because he's had a lot of work stuff going on. But at some point, I kind of hope he gets a chance to hear Paul talking and he will see exactly what I mean when I say that. All right, so we are now... At the end of the last break, this Audi commercial. I'm trying to see if we're going back. And no, but we have a trailer, which is probably 61st Street, which is going to be the thing in between. Really not liking this, guys. Stop splitting up the shows. All right. 21st Street will be next. All right. We are back. I'll see you guys at the end. Thanks. Okay, guys. It's 10.07 p.m. Um, well, that's kind of weird. It says we have two speakers and one viewer. So I, maybe we have a third person in the chat who hasn't quite made it. Or Jones split or I'm split. Not really clear what's happening. Jones ending on a five. I'm ending on 5.5. That little girl is weird. I don't know if that's supposed to represent Alicia. I kind of wonder if it's supposed to represent Madison. I know she's probably not going to show up for the first couple of episodes. They're going to, like, save that either for the middle or the end. I'm pretty certain. Anyhow, thank you for joining us and being here. Thank you not only to everyone joining us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media, and we hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. Good night. Thank you for being here, and see you next week.